welcome here to a very special edition of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We are inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios hanging out with you where sports truly meets that thing called life. And you could see behind me that we have the bracket, the NCAA Division One men's basketball bracket is right here behind me, letting you see what life looks like. So we're going to discuss the bracket. We're going to break it down here inside of MonPazPopcorn.com is what's popping. You see that we have the South, the Midwest, the West, and the East. We're going to break those down in order. The reason why they're in that order is that the South got the number one overall one seed, which is Alabama. The Midwest got the second one seed, which is Houston. The West got the third one seed, which is Kansas. And the fourth one seed went in the East with Purdue. So that's why we're breaking it down the way we're going to break it down. We're going to do it here all on the show inside of these wonderful Cafe Kubal Studios. I can't thank you enough for being here where sports truly meets that thing called life. It has been an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. We've done so many things over this last week. And <laughs> to say this last week was eventful would be an understatement. So We've had a lot of fun. We've gotten to do a lot of different things. And I can't thank you enough for being with me on youtube.com backslash wake up call DT, facebook.com backslash wake up call DT, and now airing live for the first time ever on wake up call DT.podbean.com. We've been on there since July of 2012. We've never gone live on Podbean. So we're making history doing that this week and we're continuing that on so thank you so much for tuning in with us and having some fun and hanging out where sports meets that thing called life you could also find us on facebook.com backslash live now dt so however you're tuning in thank you so much for being a part of the show like i said this has been a really cool week a really interesting week uh, down in greensboro covering the retirement of jim Beheim after 47 years the hiring of adrian autry the associate head coach and a good friend of mine breaking the story on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora to the world that Alan Griffin and Jerry McNamara were remaining on staff. And th- that news came from my exclusive conversation with Alan Griffin. You could check that out by going to youtube.com backslash Wake Up Call DT or facebook.com backslash Wake Up Call DT, however you want to tune in and check it out. So make sure you do that here today. And we thank you for doing that. So a lot of great stuff has come up. Of course, covering 15 schools in five days. Plenty of interviews. Sounds from the tournament still going to be going on on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. I've stockpiled all my sounds of the tournament. And so I have the opportunity to share my Q&As with coaches and student-athletes across the schools of the Atlantic Coast Conference coming up here very soon. And I'm excited to do that and share that with you. So make sure you stay tuned for all of that. A lot of great stuff coming up. A lot of fun being had here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. So however you're tuning in, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thank you for watching. Thank you for being a part of our breakdown of the bracket. Love doing this and uh, really excited to do it. Really excited to share this with you. So we'll be breaking down the bracket. You could feel free to send in your thoughts if you agree or disagree with something that I said or something that the committee picked on or whatever that may be, share it with us. Let me know what your thoughts are, how you feel about it, and 
where where you kind of lie with all of this. So lo- would love to hear your thoughts. Always appreciate uh, everybody writing in. We ask people to justify their opinions and be respectful. Outside of that, we don't have to agree. We just ask that you justify your opinion and you do it. You, you share your opinion with respect. And beyond that, let's have at it. Let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. So let's get into the number one overall seeds bracket, which is the South region that's going to feature the Alabama Crimson Tide. No, folks, you don't have to hit your computer and try to figure this out. You know, wherever you're watching us, hit your computer or look at your phone and say, is there a glitch? Is there a problem? Is something wrong? No, Alabama, which you know for football, is the number one overall seed. The SEC got a lot of respect this year, and Alabama pulled in a lot of respect as well. So the Alabama Crimson Tide are your number one overall seed in this year's NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Tournament. Believe it or not, folks, you better believe it because it's the truth. It's what's happening. It's what's going on. So that's the bracket. That's where it is. The number one overall seed belongs to the Alabama Crimson Tide. And we're going to be breaking this down to the field of 68. I like that the committee does this. So essentially, at the end of them announcing the field of 68, they put them in order for us and tell us, you know, who they think is number one all the way to 68. So who is the 68th best team? Who's the last team essentially to, to uh, you know, the of their, of their rankings of teams, who is the team that they think has, you know, the lowest seed. So uh, excited to have this, excited to to share this with you, like I said, and feel free to give your thoughts as we go. Texas A&M Corpus Christi, as well as Southeast Missouri is Southeast Missouri State. So both winners of their respective tournaments, they're going to be playing that playing game for the rights to play Alabama, the number one overall seed. Again, don't don't hit your uh, hit your computer. That is real. That is a true statement. Alabama is the number one overall seed, folks, and the Southeast Missouri State Redhawks are going to be taking on Texas A&M Corpus Christi. The Redhawks come to us from the Ohio Valley Conference, and they won the Ohio Valley Conference tournament, so a big ups to them for that. On the other side of the matchup, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, they've been here before. The Islanders returned to the tournament from the Southland Conference as they won that conference tournament. So they're in as well. And like I said, they're going to be the play-in game for the number one overall seed, Alabama and the South region. The 8-9 matchup, I like this one, Maryland and Virginia. Maryland and Virginia both getting into the field of 68 here as at-large teams. We go back and take a look first at Maryland. Maryland coming to us. Now, both of these teams could have been in the same conference, believe it or not. If, if some moves were made in the ACC or the Big East, we could have seen these two teams together. Maryland, the eight seed, the Maryland Terrapins, will take a look at their schedule. They were 21-12 and 12 this season. I had made jokes about the fact that the because the Big Ten got so much love and support from people around the country and not just here at the end of it all, there was this reality that teams with 11 or 12 losses were going to get into the tournament. Maryland being one of them. Now, when we go back and look at Maryland and some games that they had against the top 25, they defeated Illinois in conference in the Big Ten. So 
because the Big Ten had weight this year, teams had weight. Illinois was 16th at the time of the win for Maryland. Maryland fell to Tennessee. That was at home. Maryland fell to Tennessee in out-of-conference play in the SEC. Tennessee was 7th in the country at the time, lost to them by 3. I guess they would consider that a quality loss. They also had a quality loss against UCLA, who was ranked 16th at the time, 87-60, to 60, uh, losing by 27. I don't know how much quality that is. They defeated Rutgers, who maybe helped them get in and not Rutgers, uh, both in the Big Ten. They defeated uh, Rutgers on the road. Rutgers wasn't ranked. And then uh, when Ohio State was 24th in the country, they defeated them 80-73 to 73 at home. They lost to Purdue on the road by three points when Purdue was third in the country. They defeated Indiana, who was 21st in the country at the time, 66-55. to 55. That game was at home. They lost to Michigan State on the road, who's in the tournament. They defeated Purdue the second time around that they played them, uh, 68-54. to 54, And that game was at home as well. The, North, the win over Northwestern, who was ranked in the top 25, was at home. And then they lost to Indiana, 70-60, to 60, down the stretch here, who was ranked. So, I mean, when you look at it, you, you say, how did Maryland get in? Well, all of their wins against the top 25 were at home. They don't have any wins against the top 25 on the road. So that's something to look at and something to kind of throw up a little question bubble because if this is a bubble team, how do they bubble it in with 12 losses? Having these 12 losses and their quality wins only coming at home. So, I mean, that's another thing too is, you know, Usually, I would think, and, and again, the committee can say whatever they want to say because they say different things all the time. And the committee, the, the issue that I have with the NCAA selection committee, and listen, people can have a gripe with them every single year. But the issue that I have with the NCAA selection committee is how one year something means something and then the next year it's something else that means something. And it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And, you know, I'm guessing this year maybe a quality loss was a thing. To them, when looking at Maryland, maybe, you know, I mean, yes, they have wins over ranked teams, but no, they don't have any of those wins over ranked teams on the road. So that's an issue that I have right there. West Virginia coming from the Big 12, they're the nine seed in the South bracket. And looking back on their season, they lost to Purdue and out of conference play. 80 to 68, that game was at home when Purdue was ranked 24th in the nation. They lost to Xavier, who also made the tournament. They lost to Oklahoma State, who didn't make the tournament, lost to them on the road 67 to 60. They lost to Kansas, who's a number one seed, 76 to 62 at home. They lost to, or pardon me, they defeated TCU 74 to 65 at home, ranked 14th in the country. They lost to Texas, who was ranked seventh in the country, and they played them at home 69 to 61. They defeated Auburn out-of-conference play as the uh, 15th-ranked team in the nation. Auburn was, that game was at home, 80-77. to Then they lost to TCU and they saw them again. They defeated Iowa State, who was ranked in the nation's top 11 at home, 76-71. to They lost on the road to a ranked Texas. They lost on the road to a ranked Baylor. They lost to Texas by 34 their second time around. And they lost to Kansas by two on the road. Down the stretch, they defeated Kansas State at home, who was ranked in the top 25, and then they lost to Kansas 78-61 to in the Big 12 championship game. So, again, you know, we see this team, not, not a 15 seed, not a 14 seed, not a 10 seed, but a 9 seed, and we say, okay, West Virginia, 
what did you do? Well, you lost to Purdue early on in the season. You lost to Xavier on the road. You lost to Oklahoma State. You lost to Kansas at home. You lost to Baylor at home. You defeated TCU at home, lost to Texas at home, defeated Auburn at home. These are top 25 ranked teams. Iowa State at home. So, again, Oklahoma State the second time around they beat them. So, they won these games, again, at home, not on the road. So, yet another team that leaves a question mark as to why you put this team into the tournament, let alone put them in as a nine seed. You look in, and, and, you know, everybody's going quad one and quad two and this, that, whatever. Okay, well, I look at it like, okay, did you beat the top 25? Okay, you beat some top 25 teams. Are they still ranked? Okay, these teams are still ranked. Did you beat any of them on the road? West Virginia didn't beat any ranked teams on the road, nor did Maryland. And you got some losses here to, you know, of West Virginia losing to teams that that didn't make the tournament, but they made the tournament. So, again, if we're going to call – a spade, a spade, then you got to call it a spade. And looking at the breakdown of this, here goes the Big 12 and the Big 10 getting all this love and support. And you start looking at yourself saying, okay, well, what have they done to warrant that? And do they have any top 25 wins away from home? And that's no for both of them. So not great stuff here. When you look at Maryland, and, and listen, this isn't a witch hunt. I'm just stating an obvious fact. We're breaking it down. The number six seed that we have, or pardon me, the number five seed that we have in this bracket is going to go to the San Diego State team here. And so San Diego State getting in it, and they have the opportunity as a five seed to play the 12th seed at Charleston, who people said was never going to make the tournament unless they won their conference and they did win their conference thank goodness for the charleston cougars because the charleston cougars are 31 and 3 but apparently the colonial athletic association doesn't get much love now did they play a ranked team this season they did they played north carolina on the road who was ranked one at the time they lost 102 to 86 so they put almost 90 on north carolina they did not face a ranked team for the rest of the season so that obviously works against the college of charleston at the same time, really hard to get 30 wins in a season. So give credit where credit's due. Remember back in the day when Gonzaga was getting all these wins and people were saying, who cares? It's Gonzaga. Nobody's paying attention. Where's Gonzaga? Who do they play? Remember, there was a time where Gonzaga wasn't ranked, nor was St. Mary's. So Charleston, 31 wins, not too shabby. Hard thing to do that, especially in conference. Give credit where credit's due. The five-seed San Diego State's Aztecs ranked in the nation's top 20. Let's go back and look at their schedule. They lost to Arizona, who was ranked, lost to them at home by 17, lost to Arkansas by four at home when they were ranked in the nation's top 10, lost to St. Mary's at home, 68-61. to And beyond that, as we look at San Diego State, they did not play a ranked team the rest of the season. So they did win the Mountain West title. Shout out to them for that. So they did get that at the end over Utah State, so they were going to get into this tournament. But would they have gotten in based on what they had put on paper beforehand? I would say no, but San Diego State wins the Mountain West and were able to get into this. So congratulations to San Diego State. And again, folks, as I'm breaking this down, 
if I say, well, this this team should have gotten in and this team shouldn't have gotten in, this is not me witch hunting. This is not me trying to put your team down. This is me stating factual evidence here as I'm breaking stuff down because you got to call it out when you see it. And I, I just don't like when somebody gets a an unfair shake, you know, when someone has and I, like Maryland and West Virginia, what did they the Yes, they beat top 25 teams, but they didn't do it on the road. And did they look overwhelmingly great? No. And when you have 12 losses, that used to keep you out of the tournament. If you had 10 losses, there was a danger of you being out of the tournament. If you had 12, you were in a you were you weren't going more often than not, unless your name was Duke or maybe at the time Indiana. So a little bit strange here to see these teams getting in. The Furman Paladins, I want to give them some credit here. Coming from the Southern Conference, Furman wins the South. Now, they this season, and they won it by defeating Chattanooga 88-79. to uh, Mercer has made it out of here before, East Tennessee State. So they took those teams down as well as Chattanooga. They did not play a ranked team this season. They did go up against Appalachian State of the Sun Belt on the road, defeated them 65-61. to They did play Penn State in a close game, 73-68. to They lost to Penn State. But with Penn State and the Big Ten being ranked so high and given so much love, I, went, I don't know why I did air quotes because they are ranked high, but ranked so high and getting so much love, I don't really know uh, why this wasn't a quality loss for the Furman Paladins. So the Furman Paladins, they make it into the tournament here and they're going to face off against Virginia. Uh, the Furman Paladins are going to be a 13 seed, as I had mentioned here. So they will face them as a 13 seed, the fourth seeded Virginia Cavaliers. I have seen this team up close and personal more than once this season and taken a look at this ma- this matchup. Uh, when you look at Virginia, now Virginia has to be careful because Virginia struggles sometimes to score the ball as they did against Duke. They were awful. I don't know what was going on. I don't know. I mean, I know you don't have BVP, but they didn't have BVP before. So, you know, to me, playing up against a team like Duke, yes, a team like Duke is, they're a good team. They're a strong team. They could do a lot of great things. They're not going to take anything away from Duke. You give credit where credit has been earned and Duke earns the credit. They're playing some really good basketball right now. They're playing like the Duke that we would know and think around March Madness time. So, you know, give them credit, give them their flowers. Virginia, though, I mean, they just look totally out of it. They look like they weren't prepared. They look like they weren't ready. They were sluggish. There was, there was, I don't want to say they were sluggish because they weren't moving around the court, but they just looked like they were out of it. It looked like, you know, I feel like in these games, especially when you're playing in Greensboro, North Carolina, for the ACC tournament, I feel like Duke is playing a home game. And maybe that gets into their head a little bit. But there there seems to be this big bad wolf thing when it comes to playing Duke in the championship where you see teams kind of play out of character. And Virginia definitely played out of character to me. They did not have a good end here. Now, Virginia's got some quality wins here, okay? Now, they got these at home. They defeated Baylor in the Big 12. They defeated Illinois in the Big 10. And with those conferences getting getting a lot of love, you got those wins, and they did those uh, at home in the top 20. But again, do they have one away from home that was a top 20 win? They lost at Miami 66-64. They played Houston, who was fifth in the country at the time, lost to them at home, Virginia did, 69-61. And they would go on from there and defeat NC State 63-50. to That game was also at home, 22nd ranked NC State at the time. 
And then they would go all the way and face off against Duke and lose to Duke 59 to 49. They did defeat Duke earlier on in the season when Duke wasn't ranked 69 to 62. So, you know, Virginia, again, doesn't have the road wins either. So, you know, you got to call a spade a spade here and say, okay, well, Dan, you said Maryland didn't have the road wins against the top 25. And you're saying that's, West Virginia didn't have the road wins against the top 25, but Virginia also didn't have the road wins against the top 25, and that is very true. The ACC was being regarded as less this year, but Virginia getting a four seed, I mean, yes, I think Virginia is dangerous, but I also think that there's a lot of danger here with the College of Charleston and San Diego State, and potentially even Furman if Virginia comes out slow like they did in this game that they just had against the Duke Blue Devils. South bracket here with Creighton and NC State. Creighton has 12 losses as well. NC State has 10. And this matchup is going to pit these teams against each other, the 6-seeded Creighton and the 11th-seeded NC State. NC State didn't have a fantastic finish to their season, so the NC State Wolfpack have not looked great down the stretch here. But as we take a look at where they're at right now, the NC State Wolfpack, you know, ranked in the nation's top 25. We're ranked in the nation's top 25, even when they were below Clemson and Pitt, who were not ranked in the nation's top 25. So pretty crazy when you're the fifth best team in a conference where the top two teams are not ranked in the nation's top 25. And typically for the ACC, you would see that because the ACC usually gets respect. But as we Take a look at uh, at this one here between these two teams and the foes that are matching up here. We've got another ACC team and a, and a big East team, believe it or not, Creighton in the Big East. They're not geographically in the Big East, but they're in the Big East here. So you got the six-seeded Creighton Blue Jays, the 11th-seeded NC State Wolfpack. We take a look at NC State in this one. And keep in mind that later on this week, on Wednesday, March 15th, I am going to be unveiling my bracket with Ross Turetsky as we come together for what we call the drive, a capital D and a capital R for Dan and Ross. The drive through the tournament will be happening this Wednesday, March 15th. So make sure you're with us in the morning for all that good, good coverage of the tournament. NC States, they did play Kansas this year. They lost to them at home 80 to 74. Beyond that, they have a win over Duke who just won the ACC. That win was also at home, and Duke was 16th in the country. They defeated Duke by 24 points. NC State's been kind of all over the place this season when you look at wins and losses and and the margin of victory. They lost at Virginia 63-50. to They lost at Syracuse, who didn't make the tournament, 75-72. to They lost to Clemson by 25. Then they would lose again to Clemson in the ACC tournament by 26. So a 25-point loss to Clemson and a 26-point loss to Clemson, who was not in the tournament this year, was not selected to be in the tournament. They defeated Virginia Tech by 20. They lost to Duke on the road 71-67. So NC State's one of those teams where you say, okay, if Clemson's on the bubble and Clemson not only beat NC State but beat them by 25 and 26 points, 26 most recently, how in the Sam heck can you put NC State in and not put in Clemson. So that genuinely can be a gripe by people, which I would understand. 
The Creighton Blue Jays taking a look at what they did this year. They faced off against Texas Tech at home, beat them 76-65 to in non-conference play. Beat Arkansas at home, 290-87. to Lost to Arizona at home. Another team ranked in the top 25, 81-79. Went to Texas, lost by two possessions, by five when Texas was two in the country. And then from there, they lost at UConn in the Big East Conference, 69-60. Lost at Xavier, who was ranked 12th in the nation at the time. UConn was fourth when they lost to them, mind you. They lost to Xavier by three, 90 to 70 on the road. Defeated Providence at home, 73 to 67. When they got Xavier again, this time at home, they defeated them by 17 after losing to them by three, 84 to 67. They defeated Villanova down the stretch here. They came back and defeated UConn when UConn fell from ranked fourth in the country to 21st, beat them 56 to 53. They lost at Providence when Providence was ranked in the top 25. They lost a home game against Marquette, 73-71. to And then they would lose to Xavier when they faced him for a third time when Xavier would advance to the Big East Championship game. They lost to them by 22. So, again, here's a team that in, in Creighton that doesn't have any quality big-time top 25-ranked home or away from home wins. So here's another team. So, you know, the committee from what I'm seeing from just, we're just at the South bracket folks. We've got a long way to go here and break it down the bracket here on wake up call with Dan Tortora on the day that the teams were selected. Here's another team that is proving just in the first bracket that we've done that the committee really likes your wins against the top 25, even if you don't have any away from home, a Baylor and UC Santa Barbara, the Baylor bears considered a three seed in this one. And the UC Santa Barbara gauchos love that 27 and seven on the season, 14 seed in this, they won the big West. And we take a look at their schedule here. They did not play a single team in the top 25. They did play Appalachian state defeated them. But they did not play a team in the top 25, so I understand UC Santa Barbara and the Gauchos being put on the 14-seed line. On the other side of it, for the Baylor Bears, here's the Big 12, right? They got a lot of love from the committee. Let's take a look and see what the Bears have done. They're ranked 10th in the country right now. Out of conference, they had a loss at home to 16-ranked Virginia. They lost that game by 7 they defeated UCLA at home, who is eighth in the country, 80 to 75. They lost at Marquette before Marquette was ranked, speaking on Baylor, and they lost by 26. They defeated Gonzaga at home when Gonzaga was 14th ranked in the country, beaten by one, 64 63. They played Northwestern State, Tarleton, Nichols. Uh, they lost. They lost to TCU at home when TCU was ranked in the top 25. They beat Kansas at home 75-69, to 69, ranked ninth in the country. They lost at Texas when Texas was 10th in the country by 5. They won at TCU, a win over a top 25-ranked team. TCU was 17th at the time, 72-68. Lost at Kansas by 16. Lost at Kansas State by 10. Then defeated Texas at home, 81-72, to and lost back-to-back games to Iowa State. So, you know, I mean, Baylor has a road win against a top 25-ranked team, so that's a good thing. But ultimately, here we are looking at this again, saying 
How much did Baylor really do? Yet they're a three seed in this bracket, but they have what a ton of other teams in the South region have not given us, which is wins away from home against teams ranked in the top 25 at the time of play. At the bottom of the bracket, we have seven seed Missouri in the South, seven seed Missouri going up against Missouri Tigers going up of the SEC. And then we have the Utah State Aggies as a 10 seed. Utah State, the runners-up in the Mountain West, and they lost that game, as I had mentioned before, to San Diego State. Both San Diego State and Utah State are inside of the South region bracket. So kind of interesting that they both made it in and went up again and, and are, you know have the opportunity to be in the same bracket. Uh, they defeated Oral Roberts at home. Oral Roberts made the tournament, so I wanted to mention that. They lost to Boise State on the road 82-59. to Boise State was not ranked at the time. They lost to San Diego State on the road by 10. They lost to San Diego State at home when San Diego State was ranked 25th in the country by 2, 63-61. They beat Boise State the second time around at home and then beat them in the tournament 72-62 to and then lost to San Diego State. So Utah State was given enough love here. Uh, this is a little surprising with them not playing as many top 25 ranked teams and not doing a ton of stuff away from home. So, you know, but here, here's the mountain West getting two teams in. So that's kind of nice to see that when you got the Maryland's and the West Virginia's of the world getting in a Maryland in the big 10, West Virginia, in the big 12, you got Utah state getting in who played in the championship game. Like I said, against San Diego state and lost in the mountain West championship of their tournament. Yet they're in it. The Missouri Tigers on the other side of things, folks. Let's take a look at the Missouri Tigers. We're breaking down the bracket. If you have any thoughts, make sure you send them over to us. Happy to share your thoughts, and and we just ask that you justify your opinion and you be respectful. But happy to speak on what's going on in your mind here. And if you feel some teams were left out that should have been in or some teams that are in that you don't necessarily agree with, you could talk with us about it. The Missouri Tigers... In the SEC, Missouri lost to Alabama 72-61. to You put them in in this tournament and give them an opportunity here because, I mean, you consider Alabama the number one overall seed. So you look at the game, like I said, is there something to quality losses? Now they lost to Kansas at home by almost 30. They defeated Illinois at home 93-71. to These are ranked teams. Defeated Kentucky, who was ranked at the time uh, 19th in the country, 89 to 75. That game was also at home. Lost to a ranked Arkansas on the road by six. Lost at Texas A&M. Lost at Florida. Defeated Arkansas at home when they were 25th in the country, 79-76. Lost to Alabama at home, 85 to 64. So you got a 21 point loss to Alabama there. Then they defeated Iowa State. So there is something to look at because Iowa State was ranked in the nation's top 25. So they did defeat Iowa State. Well, you go back and see that game. That game was also at home. They lost or they defeated Tennessee on the road. That was a big win by 1.86.85. Tennessee was sixth in the nation at the time. They lost at Auburn. Texas A&M lost against them at home. And they ended the season winning five of their last six games, including a win over Tennessee, 79-71. to So they defeated Tennessee twice a season. 
and then uh, losing to Alabama when they faced Alabama again, but by less, losing to Alabama by 11, as opposed to losing to Alabama by 21. So you can understand with the top 25 wins and getting something on the road against the top 25, at least, that went over Tennessee, that we have more of an argument here for Missouri. And a seven seed, not bad for that, so I'm not going to disagree with that. Arizona gets a two seed. Princeton gets a 15 seed. Now, obviously, with looking at this matchup, Princeton is not going to get the respect, right? They're they're the team that wouldn't be in unless they win their conference tournament. And some some conferences are like that, which is really unfortunate. The Princeton Tigers, they are in after winning the Ivy League. The Ivy League used to not have a tournament. And they they were the only conference of the 32 conferences in Division I men's basketball that would have a team make the tournament by being the regular season champion. And they decided to change things up and put themselves in a situation where they're in the same field as everybody else. So we look back on their season here, and they did not play any ranked teams this season. They defeated Yale 74-65 to today. So right before the teams were selected. Now they're 21-8 and on the season, so I understand not playing any ranked teams and not beating any ranked teams winning your conference. I can understand that they gave them a seed with a larger number next to it. The Arizona Wildcats, a two seed here, the ranked eighth in the nation at the time. We look at their non-conference games, Nichols, Southern, Utah Tech. I didn't even know that that was a school. No disrespect. I'm just stating something in the moment. Now they defeated Cincinnati, but Cincinnati put 93 on them. They put 101, and that game was at home. They defeated San Diego State, who was ranked in the top 17, at home in non-conference play. They defeated Creighton in non-conference play. When Creighton was 10th in the country, 81-79. That game was also at home. They lost at Utah. They defeated Indiana, who was ranked, did that at home by 14. Defeated Tennessee at home, 75-70. to 70. So a ton of home against the top 25 wins. You know, top 25 ranked teams at home in Arizona, they got victories. Now on the road, did they get, now they defeated UCLA at home in conference, but on the road, what did they do? They lost at UCLA 82 to 73. They defeated UCLA 61 to 59 in the final time around that they had against UCLA and UCLA was ranked second in the nation at the time. So you have Arizona essentially taking their spot as a two seed in the bracket. So that is the South region, folks, breaking that down. Now taking a look at the Midwest region. The Midwest region features the Houston Cougars as your second number one seed of the bracket. So they are considered the second best team, according to the NCAA selection committee, of this entire tournament this season. And that is despite their 10-point loss to the Memphis Tigers in the American Athletic Championship game. So the American Athletic getting some respect here with Houston remaining a number one seed. The American Athletic, you know, is kind of like, oh, just be happy to be here. No. Now, Wichita State had a shot. Tulane had a shot. There were teams that had a shot. Cincinnati was working to have a shot. But it only came down to the fact of seeing two teams make it, that being Houston 
and Memphis, the two teams that played in the championship game for the American Athletic Conference, get in better two than one and keeping the number. And I love that they kept the number one seed, Houston. So that makes me believe that there's some respect for the American Athletic Conference. Or maybe it's because they know that Houston's going to the Big 12, and so they're already giving them the Big 12 extra <laughs> love that the Big 12 gets, you know, and has gotten through history. So maybe that's what Houston's getting. I don't know. I want to say it's good for the American because they're in the American Athletic right now. So why keep Houston at a one? I'm happy that they did. They won over 30 games this season. Same record as the College of Charleston, 31-3. and three. Very hard to get 30 wins in a season, let alone 30 wins or more before you even start the NCAA tournament. So big shout out to them. They're going to take on the 16-seeded North Kentucky Norse, who won the Horizon League. North Kentucky. Now the Horizon League has featured a bunch of different teams here over time. And now we get to see, you know, the Horizon used to have Butler. Remember that? Remember when they had those teams like that? So, you know, really cool here. They didn't play any ranked teams this year. They won the Horizon League and North Kentucky uh, getting Houston. So I can understand that not playing any ranked teams, being a 16 seed. Now looking at the Houston Cougars and where they're at, like I said, happy that they stayed a number one seed. I'd like to think that the American Athletic Conference is getting some respect. This could be giving respect to a team that they know is going to the Big 12. So they want to like boost them up and say, oh, look, Houston was a one seed. So then next year in the Big 12, they could say, we had a one seed in the tournament last year, which isn't true. The American Athletic Conference did. But anyways, I digress. They defeated Oregon on the road, but Oregon wasn't ranked at the time. Speaking about Houston, they did play Alabama, so these – Top two number one seeds in the tournament did play each other in a non-conference battle. Houston played Alabama at home in Houston, lost the game by two possessions, 71-65, close game. Alabama was eighth in the country at the time. They won at Virginia when Virginia was ranked second in the country, 69-61. There's a quality win on the road. There you go, folks. And then you look down the line here, and they were able to handle Cincinnati on the road and at home. Another team that was vying to get in, like I said, they defeated Wichita State on the road and at home. They defeated Tulane by 30, another team that's trying to make it. And they defeated Memphis the first two times besides playing them the third time today. So they beat them on the road and at home. Beat them at home 72-64. to On the road, 67-65. Really close games. Buzzer beater on the road at Memphis. And then they lose to Memphis by 10, but they stay a number one seed. I love that. And like I said... Respect to the American Athletic Conference, who deserves it, rarely gets it. So I'm happy that Houston kept their one seed. I hope it's not because they're going to the Big 12 and they're trying to make them look good as they enter the Big 12. But whatever reason it is, they gave them a number one seed. Houston's fought their tails off. They've done a fantastic job. They've won at least 30 games or more in three of the last five seasons, including this season. Calvin Sampson in nine seasons at Houston has done a pretty awesome job. So I got nothing but respect for him and the work that he has done. And I hope that they continue to do great things. I hope they make it to the final four and hopefully even farther than that, because Calvin Sampson has been putting a lot of work in there as many coaches have in the American and they don't get the respect. So it's good to see somebody get it. Iowa and Auburn talking about the region here, the Midwest in our coverage of the teams selected to be into the tournament and where they are. We have number eight, Iowa Hawkeyes, and who are coming to us from the 
Big Ten and the Auburn Tigers coming to us from the SEC. The Auburn Tigers in the SEC have 12 losses, and yet they're a nine seed. Let's take a look. They defeated unranked George Mason, South Florida Winthrop, Texas Southern, Bradley, Northwestern, and St. Louis, as well as Colgate. They started, then they lost to Memphis 82-73 to and beat Georgia State. So they started their season with 10 home games, winning 9 of 10. So there's that. And then you look at Arkansas, the 13th ranked team in the nation at the time. They defeated them 72-59. to That game was at home as well, like most of their games seemingly this season to start off the season. And then we take a look. They lost at Tennessee in a low-scoring affair, 46-43, when Tennessee was second in the nation. They lost to Alabama at home, 77-69, to when Alabama was third in the nation. They lost to Alabama again on the road. 90 to 85, and they got bumped out of the SEC tournament rather quickly here. And they did defeat 12 ranked Tennessee at the time, 79 70 at home. So, not a lot to write home about for this Auburn team that has 12 losses. And you look and say, okay, your first 10 games were at home. You played all unranked teams and you beat nine of them. The team they lost to, Memphis. Memphis also on the 8 9 line, but they got the 8. And we saw the nine go here to Auburn. Maybe that's why. Maybe they said, hey, we, <laughs> we're going to put Auburn and Memphis on the 8-9 line, but we can't give Memphis the same as Auburn because they beat them head-to-head. They don't usually do things that make sense, but this time they did. Iowa, again, the 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 overemphasis on, like, just, you know, the Big Ten – has been good at times. Last year, they were stroking the ego of the Big Ten, and what did the Big Ten do? But here we are this year, and Iowa is not only in the tournament, they're considered an eight seed. They're 19-13. and 13. This is a record that most fans would think Syracuse was barely going to be into something. Now, they beat Clemson, so maybe that helped kick Clemson out. The game was at home. They lost to TCU at home. They lost to Duke at home when Duke was 15th in the country. They lost by 12. They beat Iowa State in that Iowa-Iowa State rivalry. Different conferences, believe it or not, though. They beat them by 19 points in that game. And Iowa State was 20th in the nation. They lost at Penn State, lost at Nebraska. They defeated Indiana when they were ranked 91-89. That game was at home. Beat Rutgers on the road. Maybe that helped put them in over Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers wasn't ranked at the time. Beat Michigan. Beat Maryland at home. Neither one of those teams ranked. Lost to Ohio State and Michigan State back-to-back on the road. Beat Rutgers again at home. Lost to Purdue when Purdue was one in the country. The game was on the road, 87-73. to And from there, they beat Indiana, 90-68 to on the road, 15th in the nation. Lost to Nebraska. Lost to Ohio State. I mean, Iowa State didn't make a run in the Big Ten tournament. They didn't do much of anything. After beating Ohio State during the season, after losing to Ohio State 93-77 to on the road, beating them 92-75, to and then losing to them 73-69 to in the Big Ten tournament, 13 losses, no great road wins, losing to Ohio State, not making a push in the Big Ten tournament, Putting Iowa State, or pardon me, Iowa in makes no sense. But again, it's the Big Ten. 
and they would rather take the bottom feeder of the Big Ten than like this this than take Clemson, who led the ACC at certain times this season and was above Miami, above Virginia, above NC State, above Duke. It's ridiculous. It's I mean it's it's ridiculous. Looking at this matchup with Iowa and Auburn, I can argue both of these teams out, which I did. I could one thousand percent argue Iowa out of this. They didn't do anything of merit outside of some home wins against the top twenty-five. I will give them that. But beyond that, where you have thirteen losses, you made no type of a run in the Big Ten tournament. Why are you in this thing? And you're an eight nine seed? It's weird. It's like the teams that you feel like barely should have got in, they don't barely get into a 14 seed, barely get in to a 13 or a 10. They barely get in and they put them in the 8-9 matchup. I don't know. Maybe that's to try and push Houston or maybe uh, whatever it may be. But it's to me that was, I mean, Iowa, almost no reason to put them in. Auburn, yeah, pretty close to that. So, Pretty ridiculous there that they're in the 8-9, but that's where they are. And again, this is not a witch hunt. This is not me attacking your team. This is me talking about what I'm seeing and giving you my thoughts in real time to breaking down this bracket. So, you know, if if you disagree, then write in. If you agree, write in. Let me know what you're thinking. But this is this is not a witch hunt. I would have said this about anybody. If Syracuse is 19 and 13, did nothing in the tournament. I'd be very, I'd be happy that my hometown was in, and I'd be very surprised. So Miami going up, I mean, just because it's your hometown doesn't mean, oh yeah, you know, if they were nineteen and thirteen, and they had a win or two against the top twenty-five, I would say, okay, win or two against top twenty-five, that's good stuff. But you know, if they had the season that Iowa had and they did nothing in the tournament, then I would say if Syracuse got in, it's it's got to have something to do with something else besides the fact that they beat a ranked team or two at home. So I don't agree with that. I, I just don't. Looking at the next one here, Miami is a five seed. Miami came into the ACC tournament as the number one team here. There were a lot of teams vying for it. Miami was vying for it. And there was Miami, there was Duke, there was Virginia, there was Pitt. So a lot going on here. Miami got the number one seed in the ACC tournament. They lost to Duke in a very close game. Duke would go on, and that was in the semifinal. Duke would go on to win over Virginia, and Miami played a better game against them than Virginia did, speaking of Duke. So Miami's a five seed. Drake is a 12 seed. The 5-12 matchups become a danger zone. A lot of people like these. They like to pick these because they are such a dangerous thing. You're either going to have that. I mean, honestly, in the 12-5 matchup, you feel better about the 12s than you do the 5s. And it could be this case again when you look at Miami and Drake because Miami, listen, they've had themselves a good season, but Drake is is not a slouch here. This this 5-12 matchup, it's, these are danger zone places here. So Drake, uh, first in the MVC conference, the Missouri Valley Conference, uh, Drake winning it here. Now, did Drake play a ranked team this season? I will tell you they did. They played Mississippi State. They beat Mississippi State at home, 15th in the country. Mississippi State was at the time, 58-52. to 52. And they did not play a ranked team from there. They did avenge a loss to Bradley 
that they lost on the road. So they beat Bradley at home, lost them on the road, and then beat them in the Missouri Valley Conference Championship game. So, you know, that's how Drake gets into this one. You got to rank over top 25 team. Those ranked those ranked wins over top 25 teams that you play at home, not even on the road. It seems like, again, the committee this year put a lot of weight on teams winning games against the top 25 at home. They didn't have to be on the road. They didn't have to do anything on the road as long as they beat somebody that was ranked at home. Now, Miami, taking a look at the Hurricanes, 25-7 and seven on the season. Uh, ACC, they're ranked in the nation's top 14 currently right now. Uh, they defeated Providence at home by 10. Providence wasn't ranked at the time. They beat Rutgers at home by 7. Rutgers wasn't ranked either. They beat Virginia at home. Virginia was 6th in the country, 66-64. to 64. And then we look down here. They lost to NC State. They lost at Georgia Tech, who is one of the worst teams in the ACC this year, although they did look pretty good in the tournament at times. And then we look at some of the other things here. They lost to Duke on the road by two. Duke wasn't ranked at the time. They lost at Pitt by three, and Pitt wasn't ranked at the time. They lost at Clemson when Clemson was ranked. They lost, or pardon me, they defeated Clemson 78-74. to So they had wins against Clemson. Let me see here. Just taking a double check here to make sure I didn't miss any. Oh, sorry. So that wasn't what I was. So they they won at Clemson. They did not play Clemson at home. So they beat them on the road. Speaking of Miami, Clemson was 20th in the country at the time. They defeated Duke at home and Duke wasn't ranked. They beat Duke 81 to 59. Then they beat Pitt when they played him again. This game was at home. Pitt was ranked 25th. They beat him by two. And then they lost to Duke by seven in the semis of the ACC tournament, which I was there for when Duke was ranked 21st in the country. So I can understand putting Miami in, especially being at the top of the ACC. So you figure that they were going to get in here 25-7 and as a record. A lot different than the 12-13 and 13 lost teams that we've talked about. But, you know, putting them on the five line, it's putting them in a danger zone. The 4-13 matchup, Indiana and Kent State. Let's talk about that as we are here. In the Midwest region, we're breaking down the entire bracket, folks. So the night that the bracket came out, I'm breaking it down for you. I'm giving you information on all 68 teams. So you have no excuse for two things. You have no excuse to say you don't know something about every team of the 68. You have no excuse that you don't have some information to help you make an educated decision. And you have no excuse to not put your bracket in the Wake Up Call Bracket Challenge, which will be sharing the links on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the end of the show. So Facebook at wake up call DT, Twitter at call DT and Instagram at wake up call underscore DT. So make sure you're with us there. Looking at the next part of the Midwest bracket, we have fourth seeded Indiana, 13th seeded Kent state. So let's go to Kent state first, Kent state winning the Mac championship here. So a shout out to Kent state for doing that, the 13 seed here, getting that dub, the Golden Flashes, 28-6 and six on the season, ending first in the MAC. Did they play a ranked team? They did. They played at Gonzaga. They lost to them 73-66. to 66. Gave them a game, though. And that was when Gonzaga was 18th in the nation. From there, they would end the season on a six-game winning streak, including 
winning the MAC over Toledo, 93 to 78. So respect to Kent State for that. I like the fact that they're not like a 15 or a 16 seed. They are a 13 seed, and they're going to take on the fourth seeded Indiana Hoosiers, who are 22 and 11, a team with 11 or more wins on a four seed line. Why? Because they're from the Big Ten. So we take a look. I mean, the big, I mean, this is the thing, folks, again, because I know people say, Dan, you said this about football. Yeah, I did, because the Big Ten gets an unfair advantage. And it's not right. You cannot tell me that an 11-loss team or a 13-loss team or a 12-loss team deserves to be in unless you give me the factual evidence of them beating the top 25 at home and on the road. If you're going to be a four seed, you better have beaten somebody on the road. Now, they defeated North Carolina at home when North Carolina was ranked 19th in the country, 18th in the country. North Carolina is not even in the tournament. They lost to Arizona at home when Arizona was 10th. They lost at Rutgers, who didn't make the tournament. They lost at Rutgers by 15, and Rutgers wasn't ranked at the time. Looking at some of these other ones, they lost by 22 at Kansas, when Kansas was 8th in the country. They lost at Penn State, who wasn't ranked at the time, by almost 20, by 19. They beat Wisconsin, who was ranked 18th at the time at home, 63-45. to They defeated Illinois on the road, who had been ranked at the time, not during this game, 80-65. to They did beat number 1 Purdue. That game was at home, 79-74. They beat Rutgers at home when Rutgers was ranked in the top 25, 66-60. So you have that win. They defeated Illinois again. Illinois was still unranked, and they beat them at home. Then they beat Purdue on the road when Purdue was ranked fifth in the country, 79-71. They lost to Penn State and that game was 77-73. They did not make the championship game for the Big Ten. So do I think they should be on the four-seed line? No. But having a win over a team that the committee and the media and the coaches liked all season in Purdue, you got to win against them on the road and at home. That's going to get you in the tournament. Being a four-seed, eh, maybe a five, maybe a six, but they're on the four-seed line. Iowa State, we take a look at Iowa State, the 6-11 matchup. Iowa State, who's a six seed, had 13 losses, but in the Big 12, just like Iowa, right? Iowa and Iowa State, 13 losses and having a good old time. 13 losses and you got Iowa's an eight seed, you got Iowa State as a six seed. Again, this isn't a witch hunt. This is me saying, I would say this about anybody. I'd say about Syracuse. Would you say it about your hometown, Dan? Yeah, I would. If my hometown had 13 losses and they got, a six seed or a four seed or something like that, and they didn't do anything of merit, then I would tell you that it's wrong. I would. I would tell you that it's wrong. I would say they shouldn't have been ranked that high. They shouldn't have gotten in the tournament. And their fans know, fans know, when you look at 13 losses, that used to not be good enough at all. But trust me, there's more Big Ten teams (laughs) that have 13 losses and Big 12, you know, teams have it too here. So we'll talk about it. Iowa State, 19-13. and 13. They're going to play the winner of Mississippi State and Pitt, who will play a play-in game as the double 11 seed. So as we go to that matchup, let's go to the double 11 seed first. Mississippi State and Pittsburgh. Mississippi State, let's go to Mississippi State first. The Bulldogs out of the SEC have 12 losses. They're 21-12. and 12. What did Mississippi State do this season? Well, I'm so happy you asked. 
They played Marquette when Marquette wasn't ranked. Marquette's a two seed in the tournament. We'll get to them in a little bit. They defeated them at home 58-55. They lost to Drake at home 58-52. Drake, a team that I just mentioned here. And then they lost to Alabama at home, who was eighth in the country. They lost to them by 11. They lost at Tennessee by 34 points. Yes, 34 points. 34 points, 87 to 53 at Tennessee, who was ranked eighth in the country at the time. They lost at Georgia, who wasn't ranked. They lost at Auburn, who was ranked 21st. They lost to Tennessee when they faced Tennessee at home. That game they lost by 21 points, or pardon me, 11, not 21, 11 points in that game. That was 70 to 59 was that matchup. So they lost by 11, and they lost to Florida at home, who wasn't ranked. They lost at Alabama by three. That, that That's a quality loss. Based on what I've seen the committee do, I'm going to say that that's a quality loss. Not my words. That's that's not my thoughts, I should say. My words, but I'm saying quality loss. Like This is what the committee must have seen it as if I'm prognosticating. I haven't talked to the committee. I'm just looking at what they've done up to this point. And it seems like they value home wins over the top 25 and quality losses against the top 25 and that you don't have to beat any top 25s on the road. So they beat TCU at home, uh, who was ranked 11th in the country. They beat them by seven. They lost to Kentucky, who wasn't ranked. They lost to them at home by three. They lost at Missouri by two on the road. They beat Texas A&M, who played in the SEC championship game. They beat them 69-62 at home. They were ranked 25th in the country. They beat Florida when they saw them again. They lost at Vanderbilt, who didn't make it into the tournament. They lost there 77-72, and they lost to Alabama 72-49, to Mississippi State did. So not a great team this year, and they're in a play-in game, so it's hard to go, well, they don't deserve it because they're almost out, right? But they're still in. Pittsburgh was almost out. Pittsburgh went 22-11. and They faced Michigan in non-conference at home. Michigan was 20th in the country. They lost to them by 31 points in Pittsburgh at the Pete, which is a hard place to play. So that's not great. They lost at Vanderbilt. So you got two teams doing a play-in game that both lost to Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt wasn't allowed in the tournament. So you got two teams that made it over Vanderbilt that both lost to Vanderbilt, and they're playing each other. That could not get more ironic or more ridiculous to a Vanderbilt fan, and I understand their frustration. Looking at, uh, they beat North Carolina when North Carolina was ranked 76-74. Speaking of Pitt, they beat Virginia, who was 11th in the country at the time. That game was also at home, 68-65. They lost to Clemson at home by one. They lost at Duke, 77-69, when Duke was ranked 24th in the nation. They lost to Florida State, who didn't make the tournament by seven. That game was at home. They beat Miami by three at home when Miami was 20th in the country. They lost to Notre Dame, who did not have a good year. Lost them on the road 88-81. to They lost to Miami on the road 78-76 when Miami was 16th in the nation. So they split with Miami 1-1. They lost to Duke 96-69, to losing to Duke by almost 30 points in the ACC tournament, and I watched that game live right in front of my face. So did Pitt deserve to get in over Clemson? One can make that argument no. Did they deserve to get in over Vanderbilt? One can make that argument no. So, in one hand, I'm happy for the ACC who got completely disrespected. But on the other hand, 
you take the NC States of the world and the pits of the world, but you don't take Clemson, a little bit strange. So that was definitely weird. It's almost like the entire ACC is being punished by the fact that people picked North Carolina to be the number one team in the country in the preseason. So it's almost like the entire conference of the ACC that North Carolina plays in is being punished for the fact that in the preseason, people thought that North Carolina was going to be good and then they weren't good. And it was like, how dare you? And now here's the punishment for, you know, because, because we picked North Carolina and they stunk. Now you all got to pay for it because if we pick North Carolina to be the top team, not only in the ACC, but in the country, then if they're not good, that means the ACC is not good. That's not true. You can't say if one team that you picked in the preseason isn't good, then the whole conference isn't good. That's ridiculous. I don't think teams want to play Miami. I don't think teams want to play Duke. I don't think necessarily teams want to play Pittsburgh. I don't think teams want to play Clemson. I can make a case for NC State, and I think Virginia can be a Final Four team if they could get their act together and be consistent. So to me, there is danger in the ACC. Don't punish the ACC because you guys were wrong about the preseason. It's called a preseason prediction for a reason. You're making an assumption based on very little information. Now, I mean, and what I mean by that is you have what's in front of you of what's on paper, but you don't have any games to go off of, right? Nothing gives a better prediction than games, right? That's why I think it's hard. That's why you don't see me at the beginning of the year going, oh, you know, like here are all the teams that are going to make the tournament. Now, are there some teams that I watch play? And while I'm watching them play, I go, this is a tournament team? Yeah, I watched Colgate beat Syracuse. I said, this is a tournament team. I watched them play Binghamton. And Binghamton won 13 games this season and had a losing record. But so you say, well, Dan, how can you? It was because of the consistency. It was because they Colgate did to Binghamton what they did to Syracuse. They played their game. They commanded their game. They utilized their inside. They utilized their outside. They were unstoppable everywhere. I'm not saying that they would be the same against Duke. I'm not saying they would be the same against Gonzaga. What I'm saying is Colgate left me watching the tournament for as many years as I have that they were a tournament caliber team, and they proved me right. They won the Patriot League, so I'm super happy for them. Iowa State, 13 losses in the Big 12. Let's have some fun with this. They beat North Carolina at home, and North Carolina was ranked first in the country, 17-65. They lost by almost 20 to UConn at home, who was ranked 20th in the country. They lost at Iowa, who was unranked at the time by 19. They beat Baylor, who was ranked 12th in the country at the time. That was at home. 77-62. They did get a road win against the top 20 team in TCU, 17th in the country, 69-67. They lost at Kansas by 2, 62-60. Here's that quality loss on the road because Kansas was second in the country. They defeated Texas at home, who was 7th in the nation, 78-67. That was a really big win. Texas is considered a two-seed, and they beat Texas at home, speaking of Iowa State, by 21 points. So if you regard Texas as as high, I see why they put Iowa State in. They beat Kansas State at home by four, who was ranked fifth in the country at the time. They lost to an unranked Missouri on the road and unranked Texas Tech on the road. They beat Kansas when they played them again, 68-53 at home when they were eighth in the country. They beat TCU at home by 11 points, 70-59. They lost at Kansas State, who was ranked in the top 12 at the time. They lost at Texas when they faced Texas again, 72-54 to on the road. 
when they were ranked eighth in the country. They had back-to-back games against Baylor, one on the road, one in the Big 12 tournament. They won both of those games, and Baylor was in the top 10 for both of those. They lost to Kansas in the Big 12 tournament, 71-58. So you say, okay, so they played Kansas three times. They won one game, and that game was at home. And then you say they beat Texas at home by 21, and then they lost to Texas on the road by 18. So I can see why they put Iowa State in, but I can also argue that Iowa State shouldn't be the sixth playing the play-in 11 seeds, but that maybe they should be a play-in 11 seed. Number three seed, Xavier. We know that the NCAA selection committee has been a fan of the new Big East, the the new look Big East over these last few years that features the Creightons and the Xaviers and the Butlers of the world. Uh, Taking a look at at this and and breaking it all down as as we look at Xavier, Xavier's going to play Kennesaw State. Xavier's the three. Kennesaw is the 14. So they're going to face off against each other. And looking at Xavier here as we continue the bracket, in the Midwest. As I break down the bracket for you folks, this is all a prelude to you joining the Wake Up Call Bracket Challenge. You could join anywhere in the world. We do it in the Yahoo Tourney Pick'em. All you have to do is search Wake Up Call, Wake Up the Wake Up Call Bracket. It's called Wake Up Call. That's the name of the bracket. So go to Yahoo Tourney Pick'em on your app or your desktop, laptop, whatever your phone. Go to Yahoo Tourney Pick'em anywhere in the world. Search the public group Wake Up Call Click join. You'll be in with us. We have set history worldwide before. We've made it in the top 15, top 20, top 50 bracket pools in the entire world. Not on the East Coast, not for Syracuse fans, not in the nation, the entire world. We've made the top 15, top 50. So thank you for that. Appreciate you so much for that. And make sure you join this year. Taking a look at the rest of the Midwest inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios in this special edition of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We're going to go to that Xavier-Kennesaw State matchup. We'll go to Kennesaw State first. Kennesaw State, the 14th-ranked Owls, or 14th-seeded Owls, I should say. They won the A-Sun. And they are 26-8 and on the season. It's like every one of these teams that you look at and you say, okay, these are the teams that people may not have as household names. Who did they beat? They've all beaten. There's three of them that I've looked at that have all beaten Appalachian State. So they they also defeated Appalachian State. So you look at that one. And they lost to Indiana on the road, non-conference play, 18th ranked Indiana at the time. Losing that game 69-55. Outside of that, Nothing else to write home about. They defeated Liberty by 1.67 to 66 to win the A-Sun tournament title, which put them on the 14th line, which I understand. Now, the Xavier Musketeers, the Xavier Musketeers, they played in the Big East Championship game. How many people knew that they were in the Big East? Raise your hand. Some people are not raising their hand right now. I can't see it, but I appreciate you raising it. They lost to Marquette 65-51 to in the Big East Championship, which happened this past Saturday night. They also played Indiana like Kennesaw State did. They played them at home, though. Indiana was 12th in the country. They lost by two. They lost at home to Duke, who was 8th in the country at the time. They lost to them by seven. They lost to Gonzaga, who was 6th in the country at the time, at home, 
So non-conference play, they played against the top 12, but they lost all three of those games. Then they beat UConn at home when UConn was two in the country by 10. They beat Marquette, who's a two seed in this year's tournament. Marquette was 25th in the country at the time. They beat Marquette by four. That game was also at home. They won at UConn on the road when UConn was 19th. They won by three. They lost to Creighton on the road, 84-67. to They beat Providence at home by two, who was ranked 17th in the country at the time. They lost to Marquette when they saw them the second time around the season, and Marquette was better, 11th in the country instead of 25th when they beat them. They lost to them by one, and they lost to Villanova by one at home, who wasn't ranked. They beat Providence on the road, 20th-ranked Providence by five, 94-89. They beat Creighton when they saw them again at home by 22. Creighton was 24th in the nation, and they lost in the championship game. So, you know, you know, the Big East, again, 3-4 seed, these lines, how do teams get on here? Well, it's the conferences that hold weight. The Big tw- It's basically the Big Anything. Well, I shouldn't say the Big Anything because the Big South and the Big West don't get respect. But the Big Ten, the Big East, the Big 12, these big conferences are the ones that have been, you know, getting some good lines here. So, I mean, I, I give Xavier the credit for, you know, challenging themselves in non-conference play. Granted, those games were at home. So I do give them credit for that. They played a lot of top 25 ranked teams and they beat a bunch of them. They did get some road wins against top 25 ranked teams. They lost to Marquette again. Is there that reality that I think there is this year, the committee that, that a road loss is a quality, you know, you can have a quality road loss because would they consider that at Marquette that lost by one? And so they beat Marquette earlier on in the season at home. Marquette was 25th. Lost to Marquette on the road by one when they were 11th. And then when Marquette was sixth in the nation, they lost by 14 in the Big East Championship game. So Xavier gets the three seed, which with the weight that they give to the Big East would make some sense here. And Xavier, like I said, does Xavier have the amount of wins that I would want against the top 25? No, but they have a few and they were able to at least get something on the road. And again, is there the truth to the quality road loss? It looks like the committee has that as a factor this year. From my analysis, I didn't speak to the committee. I'm just saying. Looking at the teams that they put in, not only that they put them in the tournament, but the seating they put them in, it seems like the committee considered such a thing as a quality road loss as one of its pieces of making decisions. Now, Penn State also has 13 losses. Why are they in the tournament, you ask? Why are they, what, the third Big Ten team? We're only through half of the bracket. Only through half of the bracket. And not even half. And we have another team in the Big Ten that has 13 losses that made it into the tournament. So let's see who they played. Let's see who they played ranked. Now, they lost at Clemson, who wasn't let into the tournament. That was 101-94. Clemson wasn't ranked at the time. They beat Illinois who was 17th in the country at the time on the road, 74 to 59. So there's your road win against the ranked team, which a bunch of these teams that have been in didn't have. They lost to Purdue when Purdue was one in the country at home by 13. They lost to Wisconsin on the road by three, who wasn't ranked. They lost to Rutgers on the road by 20, by 20, by 20, 
no, this is not your computer messing up. I'm just reading it again because Rutgers wasn't let in. Then they played Rutgers at home and they lost to Rutgers again by three. They beat Maryland, who was ranked at the time 21st in the country, by one at home, 65-64. They beat Indiana, who was ranked 19th in the country recently, by four. And they lost to Purdue, 67-65. But they made it to the Big Ten Championship, and that's probably why they're in. 22-13, and 13, folks, Penn State. Not a lot of great, but they made it to the Big Ten Championship. So, you know. Because you're runner-up, and the committee loves the Big Ten in recent history. There you go. Texas A&M is the seventh seed. They're ranked 18th in the country. The Aggies lost. Well, here you go. So you have two teams that are going up against each other that lost their conference tournament finale. Penn State lost to Purdue in the championship of the Big Ten. Texas A&M lost to Alabama in the championship of the SEC. Let's go through and see who they beat. They lost to Boise State at home by 15, speaking of Texas A&M. They lost to Wofford at home by 5, who was unranked. They lost at Memphis, 83-79, to when Memphis wasn't ranked. They lost at Kentucky, 76-67, when Kentucky wasn't ranked. They won at Auburn when Auburn was 15th in the nation. 79 to 63. They lost Arkansas, who wasn't ranked 81 to 70, beat them when they played them later on in the season. Still unranked was Arkansas, 62 to 56. They beat Tennessee at home, ranked 11th, 68 63. They lost to Mississippi State on the road, unranked Mississippi State, 69 62. They won four of their last five and five of their last seven. They won at Ole Miss. They defeated Alabama, who's the number one overall seed. That game was at home when Alabama was two in the country, 67-61. So that's going to get you in. And they lost to Alabama in the championship game of the SEC by 19 points, 82-63, to when Alabama was fourth in the nation. So I understand putting in Texas A&M. I'm just saying that went over. Basically, if you beat, if you beat the top team in the nation and you – if you have 13 losses or less and you beat the top team in the nation that, that is ranked the top team in the nation at the end of the year, there's a good shot you're going to make it in, right? Just saying. I'm just – it's not that Texas A&M shouldn't be in. They should be in. They got – you know, they know what it's like to get spurned in the past. I think Buzz Williams got screwed over in the past here. So I could fully understand them getting in. You got two teams going up against each other in that 7-10, Texas A&M and Penn State that just lost their conference tournament. So somebody's going to get a win after losing their conference tournament championship game. So we'll see who that's going to be. But I'm excited to see where that's going to go. Texas is going to go up against Colgate, folks. Let's talk about this one here. Now, the Texas Longhorns going to be facing the Colgate Raiders, Texas a two seed, Colgate a 15 seed. Now, Colgate won the Patriot League again. It was their fourth title in five years and sixth all time. Matt Langle is an incredible coach there. Four titles in five years. Of the six that they've ever had in the Patriot League in the tournament, of the six that they've ever had in the Patriot League, in the Patriot League tournament, he's got four in five years. So six all time. Four and five years. I mean, think about that. Think about 
That means in the most recent piece of history for Colgate is when they're winning the most, when they're doing, you know, when they're winning that tournament and punching their ticket to the NCAA tournament. Matt Langle, just incredible, absolutely incredible. Give him all the credit, give him all the flowers that he deserves. He's uh, he's going to be on the show tomorrow morning too, for those of you watching live. He's going to start the week off for us, Monday, March 13th at 9 a.m. on the dot. He's going to Zoom with us and be on the show live, picture in picture. Really excited about that. So taking a look at Colgate. Colgate defeated Syracuse for the second season in a row. And at the Dome again, they defeated them by 15 last year. And it snapped a 50, I think it was a 52-year streak or 53-year streak, over 50 years where they hadn't won. Now they've won two in a row. They won this one by 12. They played Auburn on the road, 15th ranked in the country. They lost 93 to 66. And then from there, they did not play a ranked team the rest of the way. Lafayette, they defeated 79 to 61 as Colgate punches their ticket again. So not having a win against a top 25 ranked team, I can understand that. You know, they're going to give them that like 13 to 15 seed here. I wish that they had put them in a little better than throwing them into Texas, who is ranked seventh in the nation right now. And Texas defeated Gonzaga when Gonzaga was two. They beat them 93 to 74 at home. They beat Creighton when Creighton was ranked seventh in the country, speaking of Texas, 72 to 67. And that game was also at home for the Texas Longhorns. And then... They lost to Illinois at home, 85-78, to when Illinois was 17th in the nation. From there, they would lose to Kansas State, 116-103 at home. Kansas State wasn't ranked. They would lose to Iowa State on the road when Iowa State was 12th in the nation. They lost to them by 11. They lost at number four ranked Tennessee by 11. They defeated Baylor at home when Baylor was 11. They beat them by five. They beat Kansas State on the road by three when Kansas State was seven. They lost by eight on the road to a number nine-ranked Kansas at the time. They lost to Texas Tech, who was unranked on the road. They beat Iowa State when Iowa State was 23rd in the country. They beat them 72-54 to at home. So after dropping one on the road to them by 11, they beat them at home when uh, Iowa State was ranked lower. Then you have uh, a loss at Baylor, who was ranked ninth in the country. They lost by nine to them. They lost at TCU by two with TCU being 22nd in the country. They beat Kansas when they got to play Kansas at home, 75-59, to and they just beat Kansas recently again. So the Texas – Kansas getting love during the season, putting them in a situation where they had love, the Big 12 had love, Kansas wins, they become a one seed. Well, you got it. like I said, if you beat oh, – if you beat any one of the four one seeds, you're probably going to get in the tournament if you have a winning record – and did some good things. The Big Ten has proven that you could have 12 to 13 losses and you still have a shot of getting in to the tournament here. So when you beat a number one, the third overall number one seed twice in the within the last couple weeks, you're going to get in. They beat them 75 to 59, 76 to 56. So you're going to put them in. They beat TCU after losing to TCU by two. They beat them by six in the Big 12 tournament when TCU was 12th in the country. So the Texas Longhorns, a two-seed, I can understand. If you got Kansas as a one, it makes sense to have Texas as a two. So here we are with that, and that brings us to 
the last or the bottom half of the bracket here. So we've brought you the South. We've brought you the Midwest. It is now time for me to bring you the West. And then we're going to do the East, which is right over here. So very excited to do that. This is a special edition of Wake Up Call on, the, you know, following the selection process of the teams that made it into the tournament, the 32 automatic bids, the 36 at-large bids, 68 teams, who's in the play-in games, where are they seated, and me giving you information on all of them. Like I said, three reasons for doing this show, outside of the fact that I love being alive and I love to do what I love and love what I do, outside of those three reasons of doing it, one, after watching the show, you can't say you don't know something about every team, two, with knowing something, you can at least make an educated guess, and three, you could put that bracket when you make those educated guesses into our international Yahoo Tourney Pick'em group, which is simply called Wake Up Call. If you search us, if you go to Yahoo Tourney Pick'em, go to public groups and search Wake Up Call, you can join us there. And I'm excited to have you be a part of this wonderful NCAA tournament with me and everybody else that joins the Wake Up Call Bracket Challenge. Let's head down to the bottom part of the bracket here, the West, where we have Kansas playing Howard, the one versus the 16. Now a 16 has won it one time and only one time has a 16 seed knocked off a one seed. And when that happened, that was crazy, folks. When a 16 knocked off one seed, it was when in 2018 when UMBC knocked off number one overall seed. Virginia. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. And yeah, it was nuts. Absolutely nuts. So the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, UMBC, which competes inside of the America East, which goes up against teams like Binghamton and Albany, UMBC is the one that did it. So that was pretty crazy. That was pretty, uh, pretty insane. That, uh, that we got to see that. I don't know if I would ever see that happen in my lifetime. So happy to see that happen and happy to uh, <laughs> happy to witness that in history as hard as it was to see for a coach in a program that I respect and I like in the Virginia Cavaliers. So let's take a look at this bracket. You got Kansas and you have Howard. Let's jump right into this matchup here. Kansas and Howard going up against each other. Kansas the number three overall one seed, and Howard a 16 seed. Looking at these teams, the Howard Bison from HBCU inside of the MEAC, they finished by winning the MEAC. 22-12 and 12 is their record. But unlike teams in the Big Ten with 12 or 13 losses, they got in because they won their conference tournament because that's typically the only way that you could get a 12 to 13 loss team in unless you have the right name. They beat Norfolk State by 165. And listen, again, it's not me going after the Big Ten. I would say it about the SEC, the ACC, the WC. I would say about anybody. The reality of it all is when you take a look at these conferences, now the Mountain West gets respect, and I love that. I'm happy that that happens. I'm happy that St. Mary's and Gonzaga get respect too. It's wonderful. I'm just saying, with the Big Ten sending teams in with 13 losses and me looking at these records saying, what the heck's going on? I mean, Penn State's claim to fame is that they played Purdue in the championship game of the Big Ten tournament, even though they lost. So that's their claim to fame. But 
they also lost. You know what I mean? So, but if you get to, if your conference is respected and you make it to the conference championship game and you have a quality loss, if there is such a thing, it seems like that's what gets them in. Howard wasn't going to get in unless they won their conference tournament. They did over Norfolk State, 65 to 64. They didn't play any ranked teams all season long. And so that's why you see them uh, where they are as a 16 seed. They did play at VCU who made the tournament and they lost to them by by uh, 10, 70 to 60. VCU was not ranked at the time, but just making a note of a team that they played out of conference here that you're going to see in the tournament. Kansas Jayhawks are the third overall one seed. They defeated Duke when Duke was seventh in the nation. They defeated them 69 to 64 at home this season. They defeated NC State, who made the tournament. They defeated them by six. They weren't ranked at the time. They lost to Tennessee at home by 14 when Tennessee was 22nd in the nation. They beat Indiana at home when Indiana was 14th in the nation. They beat them by 22. So, so far, all their wins against the top 25 have been at home. Let's look at any on the road here. They lost to Kansas State by one. There's that quality road loss that I think the committee had this year. 13th ranked Kansas State at the time. They lost to them by one. They beat Iowa State by two at home when Iowa State was 14th in the nation. They lost against TCU at home when TCU was 14th in the nation. They lost by 23 at home in Kansas. They lost on the road at Baylor 75-69, to but Baylor was 17th in the country. So those are three losses in a row against three ranked teams, and one of those being at home, and their worst loss being the one that was at home by 23. It's almost like they valued road losses more than punishing home losses to ranked teams. Then they lost to Iowa State when they saw them again, this time on the road, 68-53. Lost to them on the road when Iowa State was 13th in the country. Lost to them by 15 after beating them at home by just two. They beat Texas at home when Texas was 5th in the country. They beat them by 8. They beat Baylor when Baylor was ninth in the country at home, 87-71. to they lost to Texas on the road when Texas was ninth in the country. They lost by almost 20, 75-59, and they lost to Texas in the championship game, 76-56. to So is Kansas a one seed? People would say yes because the Big 12 had a lot of teams ranked and had a lot of respect. But Kansas is probably the first one seed that I've covered in a while that has lost a ton of games to ranked teams at home and on the road and lost their conference tournament by 20 and was still given a one seed. So not that I thought that Texas should have taken the one seed, but I don't really think that Kansas should have gotten the one seed. And I'm happy that Houston was ranked the second overall one seed above Kansas, because that would have been ridiculous if Houston was ranked below them with the season that Houston had. Because Kansas, you're thinking, okay, Kansas played all these ranked teams, right? But were they ranked because they were good or were they ranked because they were in the Big 12 and the Big 12 was respected? And they lost to a ton of them. I mean, I read you three in a row that they lost to. So Kansas didn't have as great of a season on paper as some may think. Arkansas, but, you know, obviously we're praying for Bill Self and I want to see the teams do well. I want to see him on the sideline more than anything else is what I want. So prayers go out to Bill Self and his loved ones, like I said, this is never an attack personally on any school, any player, any coach. This is me looking at the numbers, breaking it down, 
looking at the schedules and saying to myself, okay, how many number one overall seeds have this many losses Two teams ranked in the top 25? And were they ranked in the top 25 because they were good or was it because they were in the Big 12? Because it seems like when the Big 12 beat up on each other this year, that was totally fine. When the ACC did it, it was considered like a travesty. So I'm just painting a picture here. Nine-seeded Illinois fighting Illini, who a lot of people have wins over this season that I had mentioned earlier in the first two brackets that seemingly helped them get in the tournament. So obviously Illinois must have done enough to get respect, right? Because the teams losing to them still got respect and or defeated them got respect. And so basically, if you beat Illinois, it seems like you got in the tournament. Uh, number eight seeded Arkansas Razorbacks, they're in as well. And guess what Arkansas has? They have 13 losses and Illinois has 12. What is this 8-9 matchup with 12 and 13 lost teams and 12 and 11 lost teams? The 8-9 matchup should not be meant for that. Maybe it is. Maybe the 8-9 matchup is considered more of like a disrespectful thing, right? Because you got to play the number one team more, more, more than likely. You're going to play the number one team. So it's like, hey, we're going to let you in. We're not going to call you a 10 or 11 or a 12 or a 14 seed, but you're probably going to get your butt beat in the next round. So maybe getting the 8-9 matchup sounds better than it actually is because you still you have to play a number one team probably moving forward. You're going to have to do that. Now, they defeated UCLA 79-70 at home when UCLA was ranked eighth in the country. Speaking of Illinois, they lost to Virginia at home by nine when Virginia was 16th in the country. They beat Lindenwood, who was a D2 school, who became a D1 school. They were not ranked. They beat them 92-59. to They lost at Maryland by five, who was ranked 22nd at the time. They beat Texas, who was ranked second at the time, and that was at home, 85-78. to They lost to Penn State by almost 20 at home. They lost to Missouri by 22 at home, who wasn't ranked at the time. They lost by 13 on the road at Northwestern, who wasn't ranked. They beat Wisconsin by 10 at home, who was ranked 14th at the time in the country. They lost at Iowa by 2 when Iowa wasn't ranked. They did beat Rutgers when Rutgers was ranked 24th. They beat them by 9 at home. They lost to Indiana on the road by 3. So they had a loss to Indiana when Indiana wasn't ranked by 15 at home. Then they lost to them on the road when Indiana was 14th in the country, lost by three. So they had a better game. Again, a quality road loss, if that exists. Then they beat Northwestern at home by four when Northwestern was uh, 21st in the country. They lost at Ohio State by 12 when Ohio State wasn't ranked. They lost to Purdue by five on the road. And they did nothing in the conference tournament, losing to Penn State by three in the Big Ten tournament and getting bumped out. So Illinois beat UCLA and beat Texas, and that's why I believe they're in the tournament. So there you go. Arkansas Razorbacks for the SEC, 13 losses, folks. You would think they're a Big Ten team. So 13 losses getting in the tournament. 13 losses. They lost to Creighton. That's one of them. They lost to Creighton. That was their first loss of the season, actually, after a 4-0 start against North Dakota State, Fordham, South Dakota State, and Louisville, all of them unranked. Uh, They beat Creighton by three at home when Creighton was 10th in the country. They beat San Diego State, who was 17th in the country, at home, 78-74. Then they they lost to LSU, who wasn't ranked, 60-57 on the road. They beat Missouri at home, 
74 to 68 when Missouri was 20th in the country. They lost at Auburn, who was 22nd in the country, 72 to 59. Lost to Alabama at home, 84 to 69 when Alabama was fourth. Another reason why you can argue Vanderbilt should have got in, they lost to Vanderbilt on the road who wasn't ranked, and Vanderbilt beat them by 13 in the game. They lost at Missouri after defeating them. They lost at Missouri when Missouri wasn't ranked anymore, lost them by three. They lost to Baylor on the road, who was 17th in the country, 67 to 64. They lost to Mississippi Mississippi State at home by six, who wasn't ranked. They lost at Texas A&M when Texas A&M wasn't ranked, 62 to 56. They lost when they faced Alabama again on the road by three, who was second in the country at the time. They lost at Tennessee, who was 12th in the country at the time, 75 to 57. They lost to Kentucky. Toward the end of the season here, they lost to Kentucky 88-79 to in their final regular season game when Kentucky was ranked 23rd in the country. They beat Auburn by three, who wasn't ranked, and that was in the SEC tournament, and then they lost to Texas A&M. Texas A&M was ranked 67-61, so they lost to Texas A&M their last two times. They beat them at home the first time by 11 and then lost to them on the road and on neutral ground. So, again, here's the SEC now getting this unfair advantage. Uh, Justin said, value of Bill Self being out taken into account? I think it was. Uh, Syracuse 19 and 13, eighth seed, I think, and went to the Final Four great year. So, yeah, man, I mean, that's the thing. These 13 seeds, you can argue them out. And like I said before, if you if they get in and they're your favorite team, of course it's great. Of course it is. You know, like I said, my hometown gets in, I'm feeling good. But your hometown gets in at 19 or 13. You look at some of those other teams, you look at Clemson, right? You look at Rutgers, you look at Vanderbilt. There's some teams that were kicked out of this thing. I think uh, pretty unfairly. So, especially with the teams that got in that didn't have great win-loss records, and they lost head-to-head to Rutgers, head-to-head to Clemson, head-to-head to Vanderbilt. So, a little bit ridiculous here. Let's go to St. Mary's and VCU. This could be a tough game. You could flip-flop these 5-12, and 12-5, 12, 12 and St. Mary's the 12, VCU the 12, whatever it may be. Uh, St. Mary's is the five. VCU is the 12 in this one. St. Mary's, you know, this is St. Mary's and Gonzaga, you know, respect just years and years. Think about how many decades it took for St. Mary's and Gonzaga to get any type of respect. And now they have it to the point where if they both have pretty good seasons and they're both at the end facing off against each other, 20 plus wins, they're going to be ranked in the nation's top 25. They're going to play up against each other. Somebody's going to win, and they're both going to get in the NCAA tournament. But that took a million years to do. I'm happy it's here. But, you know, the West Coast Conference, the Mountain West, maybe the American, arguably, this year with the respect that was given to Houston. Yet, you know, you could make a case for Tulane and and whatnot. And there was a time where maybe you could make a case for Wichita State. So there are conferences that are getting some love. The West Coast Conference finally getting some over these years here. Uh, VCU, the Rams, excited about this. I got a VCU Rams hat. 
because I was a big Shaka Smart fan when he was there. That's how I became a fan of Shaka Smart and, you know, enjoy watching him coach. And obviously he was in Texas. Now he's at Marquette. Big fan of Shaka Smart. We've, we have the opportunity to cross paths again. I hope we do. We actually bumped into each other, to each other a few years ago in the airport when he was still at VCU. VCU won the A-10. The A-10 is a gamut to win. It is a gamut, folks. So congratulations to them winning that. Now, speaking of VCU, they lost to Arizona State at home by four. Arizona State was unranked. They lost at Memphis by 15 out of conference, and Memphis was unranked at the time as well. Speaking about VCU, they beat Kennesaw State by three, who was unranked, who made the tournament. They beat Vanderbilt, so there's something there for VCU, 70-65, to that some other teams can't hang their hat on. They lost at Temple, who didn't make the tournament, unranked by 10. They lost to Jacksonville at home by 9, who's unranked. They beat Howard, who's in the same bracket as they are. Howard was unranked. They beat him by 10. They lost to Duquesne by 9 on the road. Duquesne was unranked. They lost to St. Bonaventure by 3 at home, who was unranked. They lost to Dayton at home by 4, who was unranked at the time of play. And then they came back and beat Dayton 68 to 56. So lost to Dayton on the road by four, beat them in the championship by 12. And here we go with the VCU Rams getting the 12 seed, which I like because it means that somebody else had to take that 13, 14, 15, 16 seeds, right? So uh, good, good to see VCU uh, getting here on a line in that 5-12, which is such a dangerous game. St. Mary's, a tough team as well. They beat Oral Roberts, who made it to the tournament. Uh, beat them at home 78-70 to start off the season. They were unranked at the time. They did play Houston. Speaking of St. Mary's, they did face off against Houston. They lost 53-48 to in Houston. Houston was number one in the country at the time. They beat 22nd-ranked San Diego State at home. St. Mary's did 68-61. They lost by two to an unranked Colorado State at home. Then they went on to just win a crazy amount of games. So you look at their winning streak. They had a 12-game winning streak, 12-game winning streak, and won 14 of 15. And if you want to go even farther than that, they won 14 of 15. They won 15 of 17 down the stretch before they lost to Gonzaga in the championship, 77-51. They lost to Gonzaga twice at Gonzaga when Gonzaga was 12th of the country, 77-68, pardon me, and lost in the WCC championship, the West Coast Conference championship. They lost by 26 in that game, 77-51. They did defeat Gonzaga at home. St. Mary's did 78-70. So, you know, getting that against Gonzaga, that was a good thing, right? but you got to command it all the way through. Gonzaga is one of those teams that has the name that they're going to get the respect year in and year out. So that unfair advantage of having the name, well, it's finally happened to a team that is not inside of the Big Ten or the Big 12 or the SEC. So is it always fair? No. But to see the West Coast Conference get a team that's going to get into the tournament most times, with their namesake being really, you know, valued and important with Gonzaga, that's great. It's absolutely great for the West Coast Conference. It's not fair, but it's 
not the Big Ten, not the Big 12. You know what I mean? It's like, and not that Gonzaga's going to lose 13 games in a season because then they probably wouldn't get in. They would have to do a lot of things out of conference and whatnot, and they'd probably have to win their conference tournament. But Gonzaga has worked to a place where they get that respect, and some of the respect that they have and where they're at, you know, getting their seeds and getting put in certain places like they got they got a three seed this year so they get a little bit of that extra push in the right direction by the selection committee which is usually the unfair advantage that we see inside of the autonomy five group but we're seeing it with gonzaga so like i said it's not fair necessarily that gonzaga in a year like this is is a three seed but it shows that conferences outside of the SEC and the Big Ten and the Big 12 and the Big East are getting some more of an extra advantage. So as much as it's not fair across the board, it's creating some fairness that in the unfairness of the selection committee, they're being unfair about Gonzaga and about the Big Ten. So, you know what I mean? It's like, Gonzaga doesn't have to be in the Big Ten or the Big 12 to get themselves a good seed. And it, like I said, it took a million years to get there. I'm not saying I don't respect Gonzaga historically. I do. I think you have to pick a team year by year, right? You have to pick a team year by year by what they do in that year. What I'm saying is, is how Notre Dame in football is always going to get a high ranking because of their history. Well, Gonzaga, because of their history now, gets better rankings, it gets put in better places. If you start high, then you have an opportunity. You, If you start high in the minds of the media and the minds of the coaches, if you start high in the mind of the NCAA selection committee, if you start at the top, you got a long way to fall. If you start at the bottom, you got a tough road to hoe. But if you make a couple mistakes, you started at the top, you might dip down to 15 or 17, but you're still there. If you start at 78, or 182, or 253, it's going to be really hard to crack that unless you win your conference tournament. That's what I'm saying. Gonzaga starts high now because of their history. North Carolina started high because of their history. You know, So that history is going to help you out. I think that John Shire and what he's done with Duke to end the season has been great, but Duke's always going to get that Coach K extra bonus factor even when Coach K isn't coaching the team anymore because of the history of Duke. So... The fact that Gonzaga is is getting an arguable unfair advantage now is unique because I don't think a lot of teams can say that if they're not in the Big Ten or the Big 12 or the SEC. Taking a look at the next matchup that we have here, we have UConn, who has definitely come up here in recent years. You remember when UConn used to be really, really good? Remember that? Remember when UConn was just killing it out there, Jim Calhoun. And then Kevin Ali, there was some success. And now here goes UConn again. Whereas the women's basketball team, to some, has dipped a little bit. The men's basketball team is rising up the charts. Dan Hurley as their head coach, looking at him and what he's done. Credit goes out to him and his team here as we take a look at UConn as the four seed in this year's tournament, and they're going to be the four seed in the West bracket. So taking a look at UConn, guess what? This is, so this is where things get cool. 
UConn used to play Louisville in the Big East. And UConn is now playing a coach that used to go up against them in the old Big East. That being Rick Pitino, as Rick Pitino is the head coach of the Iona Gales. The Iona Gales won the MAC, the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, the MAAC. They won that. They're 27-7 this year. And we look to see, ranked team-wise, who they played. They did not play a ranked team this season. They beat Marist in the championship 76-55. to So Iona ends up getting this one. And again, you know, you get to put Rick Pitino up against UConn. You can't tell me that somebody was looking at this going, yeah, let's do that. Let's, you know, if we're going to seed UConn there, then let's let's get Patino as a 13 seed here. UConn and Dan Hurley, they're 25 and 8. They finished first in the Big East. Well, they were first in the Big East, and then they kind of dipped off here. So they had an opportunity to be first in the Big East. They did not finish that way, so pardon me on that. They started the season off against Stonehill. Beat them 85 to 54. UConn did. Now I mentioned Stonehill because they were in the NE10 in Division Two, where Lemoyne currently plays. And if Lemoyne were to go Division One, there are teams that have already done it from the NE10, like Merrimack and Stonehill. And Stonehill had a darn good season. And Merrimack won their conference tournament, and they didn't let them in because they had to wait four years of probation from going D2 to D1. You don't have to wait a year in residency in the transfer portal anymore. So if a player doesn't have to, a school shouldn't have to. They should not have to do this punishment of you can't play in the tournament. Why would you have Merrimack play in their conference tournament, win their conference tournament? They were the number one seed in the conference tournament, and yet they don't have the opportunity to get in here. So it's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy that Merrimack isn't in there. And we'll talk about that. Later on in the week is my annoying moment of the week, I am sure. Now, UConn did play Oregon out of conference. They beat them 83-59 to at home. They were unranked. They beat Alabama when Alabama was ranked 18th in the country. Alabama's the number one overall seed now, so that's going to hold weight for UConn. Helps them get on that four-seed line. They beat Alabama at home 82-67. to Iowa State, who ended up being ranked, they beat them at home 71-53. Now, they weren't ranked at the time. We go down the line here. They lost at Xavier, who was 22nd in the country. Lost to them by 10 at the time on the road. Lost to Providence, who was unranked at the time on the road by 12. They lost to Marquette on the road, 82-76, to when they were 25th in the country. They lost to St. John's at home by 11. They lost to Seton Hall by 1 on the road. They lost to Xavier when they faced them again at home, 13th ranked team in the country at the time, 82-79, to lost by 3. Then they lost to Creighton on the road when Creighton was 23rd in the nation, 56 to 53. When Providence got ranked at 20th overall, they beat them at home, 87 to 69. So they were able to get that victory to avenge their loss on the road before Providence was ranked. And then they went through and lost to Marquette, 70 to 68, when Marquette was ranked sixth in the nation in the Big East tournament. So UConn again. If you beat one of the one seeds and you have a winning record, if you got 20 wins and you beat a one a team that ended up being a one seed, you're getting in the tournament. And depending on what conference you're in, you could get yourself a nice seed. UConn's in a conference that I feel the committee respects, and they put them as a four seed, not too shabby. TCU is going to play a play-in game here, or TCU is going to play up against a play-in game. Arizona State and Nevada 
are going to be the 11 seeds going up against each other for the right to get in to play six-seeded TCU in the West bracket. So let's go to the play-in game first. We'll go to Arizona State and Nevada. Arizona State 22-12. and 12. Nevada 22-10. and 10. Let's go to Arizona State first. The Arizona State Sun Devils in the Pac-12. Take a look at them right now. They lost to Texas Southern, who is a 16 seed once again this season. They lost to Texas Southern in their second game of the season. Lost to Texas Southern. That game was on the road. So Arizona State, who's played in a play-in game, lost to 16-seeded Texas Southern by one on the road, who wasn't ranked. Pardon me, it was their third game of the season. They beat Michigan when Michigan was ranked 20th in the country. That game was at home. They beat them by 25. Then they would lose on the road at San Francisco, who wasn't ranked. San Francisco plays in the WCC with St. Mary's and Gonzaga. They lost to them by 27 on the road. Arizona State did. Then Arizona lost at home to number five, ranked Arizona by nine. They lost to UCLA at home, who was ranked fifth in the country by eight. They lost to an unranked USC by eight at home as well. In this four-game losing streak, they would lose at Washington and at Washington State, who were both unranked at the time. Washington by three, and they lost against Washington State by 17. Then they would beat Oregon State, who was unranked at home. Then they would lose to Oregon at home, who was unranked 75-70. to So they lost five of six games in a row, and all of them were to unranked teams except for UCLA. They lost to unranked Colorado at home. 67 to 59. They beat Arizona on the road. There's their quality road win against a top 25 ranked team. Those quality road losses hold weight. So those quality road wins hold more weight. They beat Arizona on the road, 89 to 88 to win by a point there when Arizona was seventh in the country. They lost to UCLA again when they faced them on the road. They lost to them by 18, pardon me, 79 to 61 when UCLA was fourth in the nation. They lost to USC again, this time on the road by three. Then they lost to Arizona 78-59 in the Pac-12 tournament. And Arizona was eighth at the time. They did beat USC when they played them for a third time. And they beat Oregon State when they played them for a third time. So they beat Oregon State three times, but Oregon State wasn't ranked. So can I argue that there's no reason to have the Arizona Sun Devils in the Arizona State Sun Devils in the tournament? Yes, I can. And based on the information I gave you, I think you can too. The Nevada Wolfpack, they made a run in recent history. They faced off and won against Grand Canyon out of conference. I mentioned that because Grand Canyon made the tournament for their second time in three years. Shout out to them for that. 59-46, they beat Grand Canyon. Nevada did. Uh, That was uh, unranked. They beat Tulane. So this could be an argument why they're in and Tulane's not, speaking of Nevada. They beat Tulane in non-conference at home, 75-66. to Tulane was unranked. Uh, Kansas State was not ranked when they lost to them at home, 96-87. to <clears throat> They also lost to Loyola Marymount. Loyola Marymount was not ranked at the time. They lost to Loyola Marymount at, on the road, 64-52. to They lost to an unranked Oregon on the road, 78-65. They beat San Diego State, or pardon me, they lost to San Diego State on the road 74-65, and San Diego State was 23rd in the country. They lost on the road to an unranked Boise State by 15. They beat a ranked New Mexico, who was 25th of the country, 
97-94 at home. They lost to an unranked UNLV by six on the road. They beat San Diego State. Uh, uh, pardon me, they beat San Diego State when they were ranked 22nd in the country. So lost them when they were 23rd on the road. Beat them at home when San Diego State was 22nd. Beat them by nine. Then they lost on the road at Utah State, 75-66, when Utah State wasn't ranked. And they ended their season with three losses at Wyoming, UNLV, San Jose State. None of those teams were ranked. So Nevada, they did some good things at moments. You beat San Diego State, who ended up winning the conference tournament in the Mountain West. But also a little bit of question mark here while you put in Nevada over Vanderbilt, Nevada over Clemson, Nevada over Rutgers. A little bit of a head scratcher on this one as well. The winner of this game, of this 11 seed in the West play-in game, is, as I said, going to be playing T.C. Motherfreaking you. And for those of you that know Jamie Dixon, which why wouldn't you know Jamie Dixon? Jamie Dixon here is still coaching. Jamie Dixon coached at Pitt for a million years, and now he's been coaching at TCU for a bunch of years as well. Believe it or not, he's been at TCU for seven seasons now, which is pretty incredible. And he has a record of 138 wins and 96 losses at TCU. It's a 59% winning percentage. In his time at Pittsburgh, he was 328 and 123. For a 72.7% winning percentage, Jamie Dixon continuing to coach. He coached Pittsburgh through the Big East for all but three seasons. He did three seasons of them in the ACC. He led them to 26-10, and 19-15, and 15, and 21-12. With TCU, he's gone 24-15, and 21-12, and 23-14, and 16-16, 12-14, and 16, uh, the one losing season, which was the COVID year. 21 and 13 and 21 and 12. So he's won at least 21 games in five of his seven seasons with TCU. And now they are a six seed. So we'll take a look at the TCU Horned Frogs of the big old 12. And they could have been in the Big East. Remember, there was a time they lost to Northwestern State this season. Speaking of TCU, who is a six seed. Again, the Big 12 getting a lot of love here. They lost to Northwestern State, an unranked team at home by a point. TCU did. They beat a ranked Iowa at home, 25th in the country, beat them by 13. They beat a ranked, well, here's your quality road win. Beat Baylor on the road, 19th in the country by a point. Lost to 25th ranked Iowa State at home by two. Lost at Texas by four. There's your quality win against a top 10 team. Texas was 10 at the time. And again, our quality road lot quality road loss is what I was saying here. So I don't believe in those necessarily as weight. The quality road loss, I think, is a ridiculous statistic. But I've mentioned it a million times on today's broadcast following the selection process because I feel like the committee used it. Because if they didn't use it, then it would be a weird coincidence that's happened about 75 times on the show already. So there's that. Uh, they beat Kansas State, who was 11th in the country at the time, at home, 82-68. to They lost to an unranked West Virginia on the road by 9. They beat Kansas. Here you go. 
beat Kansas on the road. Kansas was second in the country. They're a number one seed in the tournament. They beat them by 23. So that's there you go. They lost to an unranked Mississippi State on the road, 81 to 74. Lost to an unranked Oklahoma State, who's not in the tournament, 79 to 73. On the road, unranked. Uh, lost when they played Kansas State again. Lost to them by 21 points, 82 to 61. 12th ranked Kansas State on the road. Lost to Baylor, 14th ranked Baylor at home by four. Uh, lost to 19th ranked Ohio State, or pardon me, Iowa State on the road by 11. Beat Oklahoma State when they saw him again at home. Lost to Kansas at home 63-58 to after beating them on the road. Uh, Kansas was third in the country at the time. Lost at Oklahoma, who wasn't ranked by 14. Beat a 12th-ranked Kansas State 80-67. to Lost to Texas 66-60 to in the Big 12 tournament, who was ranked 7th in the nation at the time. So TCU's got a ton of losses against the top 25. They got some wins, and they got, like I said, do they have 20-plus wins? Yes. Did they beat a one, a team that ended up becoming a one seed in this year's tournament? Yes. So are they in? Yes. <laughs> so and did they get a pretty good seed because the committee likes the Big 12, in my opinion? Yes, TCU. That is not to take away from Jamie Dixon. It is not to take away from the work that they did. I am just helping you to follow the bouncing ball. You got TCU with a ton of losses against the top 25. You got losses in a row against the top 25, but they beat Kansas. They beat them on the road. Even though they lost to them when they saw them again, they beat Kansas on the road. They beat them handily. Kansas was two in the country. Kansas went on to get a number one seed in the tournament. TCU has 20 plus wins. 20 plus wins, beat a number one seed in the tournament. That's going to put you in and be in a conference that the tournament committee respects. That's going to help you out too. Gonzaga got the three seed here. They're going to play 14 seed of Grand Canyon, who I just mentioned here. Grand Canyon going back to the tournament for their second time in three years. Grand Canyon was not always a Division One school. So shout out to Grand Canyon for doing great with a shorter history and punching their ticket twice in the last three years. I don't like that they're playing Gonzaga because I think a lot of people want Grand Canyon to win as one of their upsets. But Gonzaga, no matter how good this team has been, and that they've been a number one seed. They've been to the next. It still leaves us with the reality that Gonzaga is still an underdog uh, underdog because they play in the West Coast Conference. So you got an underdog that's a third seed, and you have an underdog that's a 14 seed. And I think a lot of people would love to buy T-shirts of Grand Canyon and Gonzaga, see them both make it far in the tournament, but that can't happen because they're playing each other. So with that being said, let's look at the Grand Canyon Lopes. They have 24 and 11 this season. They won the WAC. Did they play any ranked? Now they played at Nevada, who made the tournament. They lost 59 and 46. Nevada wasn't ranked. They lost to Wichita State, who did not make the tournament. They lost to them by 12, and that was at home. They lost to Loyola Marymount as well. They lost to them at home by four. They lost to North Texas, who's going to be joining the American Athletic. From Conference USA, they lost to them by two at home. They lost to Stephen F. Austin, who made a really good run in the tournament when Syracuse was in the tournament in 2000 and... Was it 2016? Was it 2016 they played in St. Louis? I think it was, in the first part of the tournament. So, yeah, back in 2016, a few years back here. Yeah, so... Yeah, seven years ago, Stephen F. Austin made a pretty good run 
So they lost to Stephen F. Austin on the road, beat him at home. Just mentioning that uh, Stephen F. Austin wasn't ranked. They lost to an unranked Utah Valley team. They lost to an unranked California Baptist team. Raise your hand if you knew that that was a school, CBU. They lost to Seattle U, then they beat them when they played them again. But they beat Southern Utah 84-66 to to win the WAC. So Grand Canyon is back in. And they got a 14 seed, which I thought was generous because seeing the schedule they had and the teams that they lost to, I would think that they were going to put Grand Canyon as a 15. Probably. Well, they put them as a 14. Gonzaga, 28-5 this season. They won the West Coast Conference Tournament but they didn't have the easiest of seasons, not as good as they've looked in the past. Now they lost on the road at Texas, 93 to 74 when Texas was 11th in the country. They lost to, or pardon me, they beat Kentucky at home when Kentucky was fourth, 88, 72, the very next game after losing to Texas. They lost to Purdue at home, 84 to 66 when Purdue was 24th. They defeated Xavier at home, 84 to 88 to 84 when Xavier was unranked. They lost to Baylor at home 64-63 when Baylor was 6th in the country. They defeated Alabama by 10 when Gonzaga, yes, again, here we go, ranked against a ranked win against one of the teams that makes the number one seed, and they're the number one overall seed. So you got 20-plus wins. you got Gonzaga's history of their name, which typically doesn't work for people that are outside of the Autonomy 5 group of the Pac-12, Big 12, Big 10, SEC, and ACC, but Gonzaga's put in a lot of work over the last couple decades, so they get that namesake recognition. They beat Alabama. They got 20-plus wins. Alabama's the number one overall seed. They beat them when Alabama was fourth in the country, and they beat them by 10, and they beat them at home. They lost to Loyola Marymount. I don't know why I know Loyola Marymount's not in this tournament. I've named three teams that have lost to them already that have made the tournament. They lost to them at home, 68-67. Loyola Marymount was not ranked. They lost at St. Mary's the first time they saw them this year. By eight on the road when St. Mary's was 18th in the country. They played Loyola Marymount a second time on the road and beat them by 33. Then they beat St. Mary's twice in their last four games. St. Mary's was 15th in the country when they beat them 77 to 68 at home in Gonzaga. And they beat them in the WCC tournament when they were 16th in the country, 77 to 51. Gonzaga could have been a three, or pardon me, a four or a five seed. They give them a three seed, which is them getting arguably an unfair advantage as the only team that has gotten that to the point we've talked about that's not in the Big 12, the SEC, or the Big 10. So it is an unfair advantage, but it does come in a unique situation because they're playing in the WCC. The next game that we have here is a 7-10 matchup in the West, Northwestern and Boise State. This game should be wide open on your bracket. Northwestern and Boise State. Boise State with the Smurf turf for football. Boise State, 24-9. They are the 10 seed here. And the Boise State Broncos lost to Utah State. And Utah State lost to San Diego State. Which means that the Broncos didn't even make the finals. But the Mountain West has four teams in this year. So like Gonzaga and St. Mary's of the West Coast Conference, here's a conference getting teams in, getting respect, 
not having to win their conference tournament championship and not even have to play in the conference tournament championship game getting in. The Mountain West put in a lot of body of work over a long period of time, getting some respect because the Boise State Broncos, they're a 10 seed and they lost three of their last five games. Two of those to Utah State, who also made the tournament on the road and in the tournament, they lost to them. They lost at San Jose State, who's not ranked 74 to 68. They lost at San Diego State, who they lost them by 20 on the road when San Diego State was 22nd in the nation. They lost in an unranked New Mexico by two, but New Mexico was ranked at at a point this season. They lost by two at Nevada, who made the tournament. 74-72, they they weren't ranked at the time. They lost to an unranked Santa Clara on the road, 73-58. They lost to UNC Charlotte, who's joining the American from Conference USA this coming season. They lost them 54-42 to at home. Charlotte was not ranked. They lost to San Diego State. Boise State did, and they were unranked, and that game was at home, South Dakota State, and they lost that game by two. So you can argue that Boise State shouldn't even be in this tournament. They didn't play in their conference championship. They didn't win their conference championship, and they got a bunch of these losses, and they have these losses to unranked teams. However, Boise State's in, and they're a 10-seed of the Mountain West, because the Mountain West getting some publicity. Mountain West getting more love than the American Athletic. Interesting. The Northwestern Wildcats coming from the Big Ten. Yet another Big Ten team. I think it was a prerequisite this year in the Big Big Ten to get 11 to 13 losses. Not all the teams, but a bunch of them have them here. They might be the... They might be the conference that has the most 11 to 13 losses teams that I've ever seen in the same tournament in the same year. Crazy. So let's look at here. They had a 43 to 42 loss when Auburn was 13th in the country. That game was at home. They lost to Pitt, who has a play-in game in the tournament. They lost to Pitt at home. Pitt was on rank. Speaking of Northwestern, they lost to Pitt by 29 points, 87 to 58. They beat a ranked Michigan State who was 20th in the country at the time on the road, 70-63. to There's your road win against a ranked team. They lost to unranked Ohio State at home, 73-57. to They beat Indiana on the road by one, who was 15th in the country. There's your other road win. They lost at home by three against unranked Rutgers. They lost on the road at Michigan against unranked Michigan Wolverines. They lost them by seven. They lost to Iowa when Iowa wasn't ranked on the road by 16. They lost to Michigan again at home, who wasn't ranked. 